Welcome to It's All About Jesus, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Eagle. You are listening to a Sunday morning message by Pastor Mike Sasso. If you would like to join us for church, we meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle, Idaho. You may also join us live streaming at that time. Go to cceagle.org at 10 a.m. to watch the whole service live. If you can't join us then, you can always go back and watch the video. Let's listen in to today's message. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord. I'm looking beyond this life to what the Lord's going to bring to me. Help us, Lord, to not put all of our hopes, all of our dreams, all of our expectations in this life. You will be disappointed. We need to get our eyes on heaven. So, now, review the story. Last week, we were in Hebrews chapter 11, but we covered Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, uh, who had received the promise, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed will be called. So he's going, wait, isn't this the one you promised that you're going to make me a father of many nations through Isaac? And now you want me to offer him as a sacrifice? Remember, we talked about that. I'm not going to review the whole story. Verse 19 says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. We looked at that word. It's actually the Greek word is paraboli, which is it was a parable, though it really happened. It was also a picture of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest pictures of the gospel that I know in the Old Testament is Abraham sacrificing Isaac, saying, bring, walking up to the mountain, and Isaac says, Dad, um, I see the fire, the wood, you got the knife. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham said, <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> Abraham said, the Lord will provide. And indeed, we talked about it on that very mountain range, on that very hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull, is where the Lord provided the final sacrifice for our sins, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Wonderful picture we saw. And so Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, helps us to get deeper insight to what the Lord meant when he said, like back in Habakkuk 2.4, but the just shall live by faith. And so we're learning this, and, and I hope you don't mind. I hope you appreciate it. We're going to take a little time and look at each one of these. Maybe we won't... We could go even deeper, but I'm not going to, we, we could go through the whole story, life story, but I'm going to, by the way, one of the things I want you to do in your small groups is pick one of these characters we're covering today and um, go deeper. Pick one of the characters and just kind of review some of the things we don't have time for on Sunday morning, what you learned from their life, okay? So let's start with three verses. The first one is verse 20 of Hebrews 11. It says, by faith... Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Now, just to make sure you're tracking with me, Isaac was Abraham's son who <clears throat> thought he was going to be sacrificed. But it was Abraham's son. And you would think, <clears throat> if you're going to find, <clears throat> if you're going to find one way, I've got I to do that right. If you're going to find one thing in Isaac's life that you're going to think, whoa, what a man of faith. You would think it would be, he was a young man, 
and he was willingly laying on the altar, letting his father assumably sacrifice him. That's a step of faith, right? But it's funny, the Holy Spirit doesn't bring that out. The Holy Spirit points out to something else in Isaac's life that was more worthy to mention, and it was the anticipation of faith. It was, it was about something about way in the future that Isaac would never see, and yet he believed God for it. And so let me give you a little backstory to that first before we look at the actual story to it, because you need to get the, the back story. Matter of fact, I, I love reading from the New Living, which will, uh, it reads like a story, so we'll look at it. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 19 starts out like this. This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian, from Padaram, the sister of Laban. And that's a whole other story you could talk about. The Aramean. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children. And the Lord answered Isaac's prayer. And Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in the womb. That's siblings for you before they even come out, right? So, so she went and asked the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. And the Lord told her, the sons in your womb will become two nations. Mm-mm. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve the younger. Remember that. Esau is the older. Jacob is the younger. What, the twins? Well, one came out first, Okay. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. I don't think I'd want to have a baby like that. And I said, oh, Pastor Mike, you have Bigfoot or Littlefoot. So, so they named him Esau. Esau means hairy. People are named hairy today, but this was hairy for another reason, Okay. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. He was coming out like, don't you try to get ahead of me. They're fighting. Who's going to come out first, I guess? I don't know. So he comes out holding on to Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Now Jacob means heel catcher or supplanter, meaning the one who wants to replace the other. And that was the picture of their battle in life. Isaac was 60 years old when he... Uh, when the twins were born. That's not a good time to start a family, by the way. Back then, he had a long ways to go yet. He lived probably another uh, 50, 60. I don't know how many more years he lived. They lived a long time then. Don't start a family at 60 if you could avoid it, okay? Uh, So as the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay home and play video games. He was a mama's boy, okay? One was a hunter going, oh, you need some food, Dad? I'm, I'll be right back with some venison. He goes out and gets it. Jacob goes, bring me something too. I think I hear the ice cream truck. No, that's not me. <clears throat> and so, verse 28, Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home. <laughs> typical Isaac, typical dad, right? Food. But Rebecca loved Jacob because he sat on her lap when he played the video games. One day... When Jacob was cooking stew, now look at it, Jacob was cooking his stew. Mama taught him how to cook, isn't that nice? He spent a lot of time in the kitchen. Stop, Mike, you're, I gotta just read this. I'm getting carried away with it. Okay. One day, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home with, uh, from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, 
I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. And this is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. So he was hairy and red. Uh, don't, exp- don't ask me. Verse 31. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Now, if you know about ancient culture, the firstborn son always had the father's greatest inheritance rights. Not that the other kids didn't get anything, but he inherited the name, the power, the prestige, the, at least a double portion of everybody else. He was super blessed because he was the firstborn son. And Jacob said to Esau, all right, you want some stew? It's going to cost you. Um, Jacob replied, trade me your rights as firstborn son. Esau says, look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me? A little exaggeration. But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath Thereby, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Boy, I hope it was worth it. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. And he showed contempt for his rights as a firstborn child, the son. Now listen, it was already prophesied, right? It was already something God told Rebecca this is going to happen. And so... Here it is, it's the beginnings of it right now, the little conniving going on between Jacob and Esau. Now let's look a little bit further ahead in Genesis chapter 27. And if I, I'm going to just take my time with this because if, if we don't finish it, I'll pick up on some of the other sons, some of the other people in these verses next week. But this is just too good to just skip through, okay? And if we turn to Genesis chapter 27, you get what, what, what you might call, I don't know if any of you guys even know what this word means. A dysfunctional family. You think when you look up the word dysfunctional family that your family's in the dictionary picture. No. This is the dysfunctional family that beats all. Okay, Genesis 27, verse 1. Again, from the New Living, because it reads like a story. One day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son, yes, father, Esau replied, or actually... Yes, father, because he was the manly man, right? I'm, I'm an old man now, and Isaac said, I don't know when I might die. He lived probably another 40 years after this, but you know how us guys could be, okay? We milk it. Take your bow and your quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. <laughs> He just wanted a good meal, right? But Rebekah overheard Isaac, uh, what he said to Esau. And when Esau left to hunt the wild game, she said to her son, Jacob, here's the mama's boy coming into the picture. Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, bring some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I'll bless you uh, in the Lord's presence before I die. Now, my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out into the flocks. Bring me two fine goats. Do goats taste like venison? I don't, that, okay. If mama knows how to prepare it, right? I guess that makes the difference. Uh, I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food your father, excuse me, then take the food to your father so he can eat it and bless you before he dies. Oh, this was a dysfunctional family. There was manipulation. There was conniving going on. And uh, then, of course, Jacob's a little nervous about this because my guess is Esau could beat him up by, by this point, okay? 
And so verse 11, Jacob says, But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, My brother Esau is a hairy man, and my skin is smooth. And what if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him, and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But his mother replied, Let the curse fall upon me, my son. Just do what I tell you. Oh, it's not just Jewish mamas who are like this, right? Some of you guys are like this. But go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the goats for his mother. And Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Look at verse 15. She, then she took Isaac's, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Esau's favorite clothes. And, and they're there in the house. And he gave them to her younger son, Jacob. So here's Jacob. Dressed like Esau. Now, why that? Why does he, if, if Isaac is blind? Well, back in those days, they didn't have deodorant like we do. So Isaac will smell Esau on these clothes, okay? And as she covered his arms, this gets better. She covered his arms with the smooth part and the smooth parts of his neck with the skin of the young goats. So Isaac goes to feel him. It's like, <laughs> that's Esau, you know? <clears throat> Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including the freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father and said, My father, he said. Yes, my son. Or I said, My father. I don't know what his voice was like, but I'm, I'm sure it was different as we read the text. Yes, my son. Isaac answered, Who are you? <clears throat> Esau. Actually, he said, Who are you, Esau or Jacob? But Jacob replied, It's Esau. I don't know how this would have worked. Your firstborn son, I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? I went out in the yard and killed one of the goats. No, he says, the Lord, your God, put it in my path. Oh, this is getting, this is getting iffy. He's deceiving his dad. He's saying, God bless me, dad. Yeah, I'm Esau. And so in verse 21, then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure you're really Esau because your voice, you know. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. He says, the voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's. He's feeling goat fur on his hands, right? Isaac said, <clears throat> but he didn't recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau? This was a tough one. This was a deceiver. He asked, yes, I am. Jacob replied, yes, I am. Jacob replied. Then Isaac says, now my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I'll give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. And he also drank the wine and, and gave, uh, excuse me, that Jacob gave him. And uh, Isaac said to Jacob, Please, come a little closer and kiss me, my son. He's still going, let me see who this really is. Kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed his father. And, and when Isaac caught the smell of his clothing, I'm glad we have deodorant. I got stories to tell you. I've been to the Middle East. Okay, but just keep reading, okay? So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced and he blessed his son and says, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed, if that's what you want to call it. <clears throat> uh, from the dew of heaven, from the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest. Here comes the blessing. 
Harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants. May they bow down to you. This is the blessing coming from Isaac to Jacob. May you be the master over your brothers. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed. All who bless you will be blessed. And as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, almost before Jacob uh, left his father, Esau returned. That would be, we got to get the movie done right, right? Esau returns from the hunt, and Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. And he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you could bless me. But Isaac asked, uh, who are you? Isaac replied, it's your son, your firstborn son, Esau. Verse 33, Isaac began to tremble uncontrollingly. Isaac, who, he's played a few games in his life. He knew the prophecy God gave to Rebekah that Jacob would rule over Esau. He knew the promise of God, but he was planning on blessing Esau. He sent him out to get the food. He had it all figured out. He was going to give his great blessing to Esau. But God won this game. God always wins, by the way. God had his way. So Isaac, in verse 33, Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I've already eaten it and I've blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud, bitter cry, oh my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me. He's taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, the conniver or supplanter or heel catcher. Now he's cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn and now he has stolen my blessing. He, he got the whole package there. Oh, haven't you, Esau goes on, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master. I have declared that all of his brothers will be his, ser his servants I've guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. And what is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded. But don't you have one blessing for me? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. Verse 39. Finally, his father Isaac said to him, <clears throat> I think I could find something. Muster up. You will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. And it truly did happen that way. We're not, we don't have time to go into it all. But let me just ask you something. Isn't this a godly story? What, what is with this? This is not what I would pick as an example of righteousness. I think God goes out of his way over and over again, especially in the book of Hebrews in the Hall of Faith in chapter 11, to show us that righteousness is not always what it looks like. That God considers us righteous by trusting him. Now Jacob, um, he, was, he, he, he connived. His mother, Rebecca, helped him, co-conspirator. And yet God had his way. You see how God uses flawed people? But I also want you to know God uses faith people. And it takes believing God. Now this, don't go home and try to practice some of this stuff. You go, okay, well, he did it. Wait. In the New Testament era, we want to live 
righteous. We want to do the best we can. We want to believe God. We want to obey God. We want to live right. But these stories really make us think. They kind of stretch us. See, Isaac acknowledged that God had kept his word to Rebekah. I already read it in Genesis chapter 25. God made a promise. God kept his word. And guess who got the blessing? It was the younger ended up uh, ruling and the older served the younger. God won here. And so we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Concerning the things to come. Did Isaac ever see the, the mighty nation? Did he ever see the things he pronounced? I wish I could tell you. You could just think positive. And, and you know, there's books out right now. What is it? The, the secret? You know, you have to speak to the universe. Don't believe that garbage. And you know, the, the New Testament, there are, there are westernized Christianity that'll take things from occultic teachings like the secret and they'll incorporate it into Christianity and they'll make it seem like that's the way it works. You just believe God and it'll happen. No, what God says will happen and you believe that what he says will happen and you'll be okay. But you don't start generating your own stuff and making your own realities, okay? That's what, what's wrong with our society today. Okay, so verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of the sons of Joseph and, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. So here's the next character. It's, it's uh, by faith Isaac blessed, excuse me, I skipped my eyes, skipped. Uh, Jacob, when he was dying, okay? Now Jacob blessed Joseph's son. Now this is a long story. It's in Genesis chapter 48. And if you know the story, and what I always try to remember when I want to go back and get it all right, because I mix everything up, is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Jacob had the 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. And, that, and Jacob was called by God. Later in life, he called him. Your name will no longer be Jacob. It will be Israel. And we'll talk a little bit about that today if time permits. But um, one day, God got his attention. You see, there's not a whole lot to talk about in Jacob's life that's noteworthy that you would give him a pat on the back. Uh, he was a conniver. He was indeed a heel catcher. He was a deceiver. And he operated, if you read his story, mostly in the arm of the flesh rather than by faith as far as what we could see. He was a man of trickery and he mostly trusted himself and he often came out on top. And, and in verse 21, it says that he worshipped leaning on his staff. I don't know if you realize why he was leaning on his staff. That's an important story to know because one day God got his attention and, and God got hold of him. Literally, got a hold of him in Genesis chapter 32. Jacob, the backstory was Jacob had, had a run away from Esau because of what he did. And he made his living and, and made his wealth and everything out there somewhere. And Esau ended up for a time operating his father's business and taking care of things at home. And finally, Jacob decided he's going to come home. I got I to come home. I got a wife now. I got a family. I got herds. I got property. Esau, don't be threatened by me. I'm not going to take anything from you. As a matter of fact, on the way home, he sends gifts ahead. He sends his wife and his kids, give, give Uncle Esau a big hug and give him these gifts and give herds and gifts, all kinds of stuff. He sent on ahead. And so Jacob decided, before I go, I'm going to spend the night out in the wilderness a little bit. And that story is in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Again, New Living. Then Jacob left all alone in camp after he sent anybody, everybody up ahead. 
And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. Mystery man, wrestler. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of, <coughs> out of his socket. And then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and men and have won. This is significant because Jacob was always getting the upper hand, always winning his battles. And now he's fighting this mystery man. And he asked this man, mystery man, please tell me your name. And Jacob said, uh, excuse me, Jacob said that. And why do you want to know my name? The man replied. But then he blessed Jacob there. And Jacob named the place Peniel, which means the face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury of his hip. And that's why he walked with a cane, because that day God got his attention. Now, you could listen to all the different theologians arguing over who was that. Was it an angel of the Lord? <clears throat> was it a man representing God? We know that God sent this man to, to teach Jacob a lesson. Jacob, you always got to win, don't you? You, you, won't, you won't let me win. You just got you to win, right? Well, let me show you how easy it is for me to win. Bing. God had to teach Jacob a lesson. Have you ever wrestled with God? Have you ever? Well, actually, the, the scripture says that the man wrestled with him. But I'm sure Jacob was wrestling back, right? So who wins when you wrestle with God? I'll tell you something. If you win, you lose, right? As a matter of fact, there's a lesson. I've decided to put this next fill in, in just because it's an important lesson that I've learned, and I want you to learn as well. Here's your next fill in. Sometimes God must wound us in order to heal us. Sometimes God must wound us in order to heal us. And sometimes we walk with a limp the rest of our lives that we might remember that lesson. Jesus, he's the resurrection, the we hope you enjoyed today's program. You can find all of Pastor Mike's messages and any other information you would like about Calvary Chapel Eagle online at cceagle.org. In iTunes, you can subscribe to the podcast Calvary Chapel Eagle Sunday Morning. If you are new to the area and don't already have a home church, we would love for you to come check us out. We meet every Sunday, 10 a.m. at North Star Charter School, 839 North Linder Road in Eagle. That is one block north of Highway 44. You can call or text the church phone at 208-891-2635. Once again, you can get any information you need at cceagle.org. There you will also find a link to join our Facebook page. So until next time, remember, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, the power of His name.